This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and tribute to Judy Roth, Ashley Berg, and Bennett White. Radio, a podcast about cycling, health, music, art, and transformation. With your hosts, Greg Roth and Dave the Rocket Richter. All right, episode number three, the last episode of the year, and Rocket is not in the studio. He and his wife, Jennifer, are in Hawaii, so I'll be linking up with them via Skype. And in the second half of the show, we have Chelsea Larson from Rafa Seattle. She's the new GM. She's going to talk about her role and Rafa's role in the cycling community and a very special event taking place between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. That is the Rafa Festa 500. And we have a very special announcement involving Fount Cycling Guild and Rafa. Before we get into it, I'm going to kick off today's episode with a little holiday cheer from our friends Tricky. For Christmas is a ho 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 from Tricky. So we've got Rocket and his wife Jennifer in Hawaii, and we've talked about Jennifer a few times on the last few episodes. She's going to actually be on as our first guest. Jennifer is a former standout college athlete, a former Rat City roller girl, and currently a professional cyclist and co founder of Fount Cycling Guild. They're going to talk about their uh, adventures and a lot of other interesting stuff. I'm going to link them up right now. Rocket, how you doing? I've been looking at the photos, looking at the adventures on Instagram and just wishing I was there because it's cold and miserable and I'm seeing you wearing your summer kits in Hawaii and you're there with your wife and other founties. How's that going, man? Oh, it's going great, Greg. I'm just hovering here between sea level and the top of Haleakala, having fun in the upcountry in Maui. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> we got to introduce the audience to Jennifer. They got a little taste on her first episode, but we're going to have Jennifer on a lot today, and she's going to kind of co-host with us, and she's going to help interview our special guests, which we will talk about later. How you doing, Jennifer? After day one, I was pretty 
I was uh I was uh doing a lot better. Uh we have a funny relationship. David's kryptonite is cold and my kryptonite is hot. <laughs> and so getting to Hawaii, we our our three hour scheduled ride yeah. turned into a five and a half hour ride and it was it was one of those things where you start to see uh, you know, are they mirages? What are they called in the in the road where it's like, oh water, water. Oh, and there was a moment yes. like ten miles from home where I thought maybe I'll just sit on the side of the road and die. But of course <laughs> David's like, No, no, get up, get up. So we all have our really bad <laughs> yeah. days and that was one I want to forget forever. <laughs> well, for the audience that has not really met you, we've talked about you. I want to hear a little bit about your background because you have a really amazing background. You're like a Renaissance woman to me. And Rocket, you can probably tell me more and tell the audience more about Jennifer than I could. So why don't you go ahead and give me a little background on on her and, and also how you met. Oh man, I'll I'll give it to Jennifer here in a second, but I think what initially what even attracted to me to Jennifer was just the way she is. Like everything she she decides to do, she goes 100%, and it's like a true 100%. Not a lot of people say that. Yep. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it, but no, she really does. She goes into things 100%. I mean, when I met her, she was a cyclist, but she was also a Rat City roller girl. Um, That's awesome. I thought that, was, yeah. that says and a lot right there. Even before we started dating, I, I found out she worked at Microsoft. I'm like, oh my God, what else could this yeah. woman do? Like you said, she's a Renaissance woman. Like she's a scholarship athlete. She ran track and cross country and indoor track mm-hmm. at division one, was a pro cyclist, was a Rat City roller girl, um, <laughs> ran the Seattle marathon fast in the cold, you know, just being on all the adventures we've done already around the world. It's funny now, our Friday here, when we just got to Maui, because it's over, <laughs> but it was, uh, it, it felt like one of those days when I was just learning cycling, when you kind of, you know, you go out on this ride where you, you don't have enough food, you don't have enough water and you find out the hard way things, but it was mm-hmm. one of those days. And, but looking back, it really increased your grit score. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. I, and that's what Jennifer's all about. Yeah. Your, your level of badassery went up for sure. When you have those bad days, what is it that you learn about yourself? That for me, I learned that I'm a complete baby when I'm around David. <laughs> yeah, Aww. but but honestly, like like around David, I'll cry and moan and like. But I think what David was originally attracted to me was the fact that I don't do that. Like, yeah. but then around yeah. him, like it's I'm like, like wow, a you really weenie. a more than I thought. Right. And when I when I talk to other people, they're like the same way with their spouse. They're like, "Do you guys oh. ever fight?" I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Oh, we do." And I'm like, "Yeah, we do." I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> but it's just like yeah. like you said, when you get to this point, like when it's your bad days, mm. it feels like you're in like round eight of a boxing tournament, <laughs> and any sort of poke will just set you off. When you're around your lover, you're like, "Oh, I'm so tired and weak, and it's your it's fault." No, no, whatever. And get through. And I think like I think David's the same way, but he doesn't cry. He more gets like irritated or something. Yeah. And but you know, I feel like that's the dynamic in kind of any relationship. The ones that you love the most, you should treat a little bit better. But sometimes you end up treating them the worst in your in your weakest moments. It's true. It's family. Yeah. We all front, man. We all want to want to pretend we're all badasses one hundred percent of the time, twenty four seven. That's just not the case. 
we have moments of vulnerability. We have moments where we need to lean on the people that love us and the people that we love. And we have that safe space. And sometimes it will look different ways. Sometimes it'll look like irritation or anger, frustration. Yeah. But it really isn't that. <laughs> it was a hard day for sure. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is, is that whatever you're going through, Jennifer or Rocket, what you're going through is what you're going through. Right. And, and when you're with somebody, you feel safe, you can just kind of, I don't want to say take it out on them, but you can be a little more raw. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever you're feeling isn't because of them, even if it may seem like it in that moment. Right. Yeah. For me, for me, it's really good too. Like I said, after yeah. it's over, it's funny, but, but it's like in the moment, it's like, okay, yeah. this is, this really sucks. <laughs> I, I'm thirsty too. I, I might have to drink my pee. <laughs> I, I, right. I, I know. Like pretty that. thirsty, dude. And then you're like, okay, I got to get through this, but yeah. this person is worse off than I am. So wow. I have to get them through it first. I got to gotta put the mask on myself. That's right. Right. But I got to say, and I mean, this is so true. It's not just some plug for our team, but when I was like dying and I was just say, thinking about several of the girls on our team and being like, would they be curled up on the side of the road? No. And it's like, so you can't either. You got to go. So a lot mm -hmm. of times I feel like being a leader of the team or yeah. founder mm -hmm. of the team, you yeah. kind of really have to set that example in your weakest moments. And even though you want to crawl over right. and cry, it's like you got to pull on people that you know would be a little tougher than what you're being in the moment. And honestly, a lot of times that's David, right? Yeah. Like I'm like, David never complains about this. And it's just like, I don't know. I think with age and, you know, you get a better lifestyle, you make more money, you get a little weak because you get a little spoiled because you don't have to like rough it so much Creature anymore. Creature comforts. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's I why I about, think those like, days are healthy. Yeah. 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 So and now I'm like, oh God, I'm glad I made it through that day. When I was in the army and I... It, you know, I would go out. Perfect example. And, I know it's um, going to be good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Doing, you know, field exercise to be out in the field for two weeks, no shower, and, and then having to wake up at three in the morning because you got an alert because, you know, you're out mm -hmm. training, right? And they do a, yeah. we're being attacked. You need to move. So that means you need to wake up, pack up the whole camp, move. And before you can get back to sleep, you got to have everything set up first. It sucked. But I'll tell you what, made me a little tougher. <laughs> right. It's funny, too, because I was yeah. thinking about that, because I, I kind of remember my last day's experience about how tough I am. But, you know, when David was bringing up my background or whatever, I feel like I've always been in sports that mm -hmm. I wasn't exactly supposed to genetically be in. Mm. Um, <laughs> like I was always about 10, 15 pounds heavier as a runner, you know, yeah. or like in roller derby, like I couldn't skate. Like <laughs> I had to figure it all out. And all I think will. that. And although, like, I feel like sometimes, like, I kind of am, like, a little soft, like, softer than I used to be, but I do think about all those years of discipline and suffering that I put mm -hmm. in to, like, yeah. accomplish a goal that maybe I wasn't supposed to accomplish if you just, like, looked at me on paper. You know, in college, I swear, I had, like, five drinks my whole career because it's, like, wow. I didn't have room for that. And who in college has five drinks, yeah. right? Like, it wasn't like I had some moral code against it. It was just like, uh, I can't do that and get up and train. You made a commitment to achieve something and anything that's not aligned with that, you got right. rid of it. And so right. that was what you did. Your commitment drives everything and your commitment either allows you to add things to achieve that commitment or eliminate things that are barriers for you achieving that. Isn't, isn't it exciting to win, Greg? I think that that's always kind of 
win and whatever win is to you. But I think that that's always like, like for me, I always have a vision. Like I was saying, when I started roller derby, I'd watched the Rat City Roller Girl bout and there was the Tamachio twins who Mm -hmm. were like child prodigies in skating and watching and they're doing like leg whips and all these like crazy things. And I was like, I want to be that. And I remember like, finding out where they skated and where they practiced and their mom taught speed skating and going to Everett and saddling up a pair of skates and like falling and falling and falling. Then just like one day, I don't know, like nobody thought anything of me. And then all of a sudden it, it clicked. Like there's this class called uh, potential fresh meat mm-hmm. and you go there until you get drafted to the rat city roller girls and the tryouts. And then just it just clicked. And then after that, I just kept getting better. And I think the big thing was that they were like, well, she falls a lot, but she gets up fast. So I think I think I went from like being Arsenio fall to Arsenio brawl. And that That's was kind of like my, my moment of of, you know, fame. But but then again, like going through that and mm-hmm. like the I mean, rat, the roller girl sports are fun there's a lot more to it and it's a lot more competitive than when it was like 10 years ago mm-hmm. but that would kind of led to like hey I want to go back to like an official like sport cycling I was a runner you know and I think that's led to that to the transition into bike commuting and meeting fast people and learning about cycling and then jumping headfirst into that and that's like where I originally met David like 10 years ago because I heard anybody who is who goes to his shop and like learns from the best. We still kind of joke about me going in and getting metabolic testing <laughs> and coming up with reasons to talk to him like, oh, I think I need a pair of clothes, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And, and I didn't have like a, you know, like a sexual attraction to him. Right. I mean... He, he yeah, he was just idolized. Like I, he was like the best. <laughs> I just wanted best. to know everything about it, and he's yeah, always so man. helpful. He laughs a lot, and it's true. not like at you, but like you know, he's just a really <laughs> nice not. guy to be. Yeah, I always just... just wanted to absorb his attention like a sponge, and like learn more about it. Rocket has that effect on people, you know. He just oh, brings thanks, people guys. into his universe and uh, is very generous with his knowledge. And, and what he's gotten out of it and is happy to share. You know, Rocket, what's great about that, what that shows me is your level of confidence in yourself because there's people that don't do that. They won't share knowledge because the people they're sharing that knowledge with could potentially be a threat, especially in the racing world. Well, I think that, that you hit it on the head. I remember even as a young coach, like when I, when I, was, when I just started coaching, when you get an athlete that starts to be pretty good, it's just like in the back of your mind, you're like, do I want to give them all the – the secrets to make them yeah. better than me, you know, or, or potentially better than me. People don't talk about this a lot, but it's a, yeah. it's a true thing. No matter yeah. what you have your competitive natures. And if you were a racer yourself, you're going to have that. But when I got over that, I remember the moment that I did, I had a, a good young rider that I was coaching. And I was like, you know what? I want to give this guy everything I got. Cause if he gets better, it makes me look good too. Right. And you get yeah. more coaching clients oh, and for sure. it's, per, you know, it's, it's a snowballs. But it worked. I felt so good. I was like, oh, this is great. And then this guy succeeds. Every time he succeeds, I feel like I succeeded. It's, it's hard to do. And then you take that same idea to a club or a team. And man, it's dangerous. I mean, you could get yeah. really good. And I think it shows in no. our performances. Hearing you talk, like, and I was thinking about like, you know, my background in college. I think it's just because I always had to do everything myself. Like if yeah. I want to go to college, I had to pay for it. If I wanted to do this, I had to pay for it. So yeah. 
you know, David was saying I was a scholarship athlete. So like I couldn't not be good. Then I'd get kicked out of college. I got straight A's because I had an academic scholarship. So if I got bad grades, no one was going to pay for my school. Yeah. So kind of like always learning. Okay. These are all the details. This is what you do if plan A doesn't work. And this is what plan B is. And like, if you think about my mind, it's like some big blueprint of everything totally. that could go wrong and everything that you might need to do. But somehow when I do sport, it just turns off and like a carnal sure. instinct comes out. But yeah. thinking about like coaching people, that's not a carnal sport for me. Cool. What the difference between David and I is when I look at an athlete, I want to give them this blueprint. This is what you do. And this is this and that. But David, his mind doesn't work like that. He's not necessarily always a risk mitigator. What I learned with David is like, you can't just shove this blueprint down people's throats when they're new athletes. It's overwhelming. They don't get it. They overthink it. They don't rely on their instincts. And so David's kind of lack of detail like that actually creates this perfect flow Mm -hmm. of information into these athletes and then oh you did this well I'm going to add a little bit more I'm going to add a little bit more and I remember even when I was just riding he wasn't my coach he didn't just say Jennifer you know you need to do this and this and this and this and this it would always be like how'd that go for you you know like an after effect and I could do my own learning Let's you yes. be in the discovery mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. I'm more like mommy, like, do you have your coat on? Do you have your gloves on? Do you have your on? Do you have your... <laughs> oh, it doesn't no. work, but it does not <laughs> work. It does, it does but... for certain things. Like, you're kind of like the fount mom. Like, you make sure you take care of all, all of us kids. I come you in know? for the emotional cheerleader. I'm like, you, you failed a... that workout. This is why. This is the tips and tricks. Yeah. You got to think it's about this great, and this. It's a great balance. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It, it it's a it's a beautiful balance, and that's what I love about you guys. You guys complement each other. Certain strengths rock it, and Jennifer, you have certain strengths, and together you just you just kind of complete. I don't want to say you complete each other, man, but because <laughs> that's cheesy. Right. But you know, honestly, you do kind of complete each other in the sense of you kind of function as a as one as partners, and then you also have your your parents. You have Wolfie. We haven't even talked about Wolfie. That's mm-hmm. that's a whole topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But um. <laughs> But I love that. I love your relationship. I love what the two of you have created at Fount. Jennifer, you're a, you're a Hoosier. You're from Indiana. I'm from Indiana. You're already like family. I really admire you. You're scrappy. You're, it's always been very obvious to me that you are somebody that, that nobody's ever given you anything. You've gone out and gone after it. You make the commitment. You create the strategy. You take the actions, you get the results. And then you bring that mentality into every arena in your life. And then your mm-hmm. life works really well. It's amazing how that, how that turns out, huh? Yeah, I think it maybe it, it, maybe it has to do with having military parents. Yep. <laughs> my my mom was, was a too. Marine and my dad was in the Navy. Oh, that'll do so, it. If and- your parents were, then, then you were too. Well, and you yeah. know, like how that goes generational, like, yep. like they're, I'm lucky to have a house over my, you like, Amen. you know, like they, parents always want to give you better than what they had. That's true. And I think my parents started from very, very little. It's totally different than what my parents had. And so I, you know, of course you're always grateful for what you get and the people sure. that support you, but you quickly learn how to like fend for yourself when, you know, you come from family, brother and sisters and parents who fended for themselves. It, it just kind of creates a certain level of independence. Yeah. And, you know, if you want something, you better go after it because yeah. no one's going to hand it to you. 
No, nobody gives you anything in this world. And, and I think that's why I like about sport is because mm -hmm. no one hands it to you. You yeah. have to earn it, you know. But I look at Fount and, and my experience as a cyclist. You know, I got into cycling. I loved it. I wanted to keep peeling away layers and, and discover more from it. And then yeah. I met Rocket. And then it opened up this whole new world. And it's funny, Rocket. I was just thinking about this the other night. But until I joined Fount and actually made the commitment to train with you uh -huh. and have you be my coach, I hadn't even worn a heart monitor until a year ago. <laughs> in that, I just thought about that last night. Yeah. And, yeah. But now it's like I'm I'm bought in. And and what I love about you, Rocket, is the way that you coach. You know, you're kind of like Pete Carroll. You know which buttons to push on each individual. You don't coach everybody exactly the same way. You kind of figure out right. who they are, what their psyche is, what what they're going to respond to, and then coach into that. And I'll tell you, your style really works for me because it, it motivates me. You know, you're not somebody that's going to go, mm -hmm. do this, do that. Come on, suck it up. That's not your style. Your style is very right. encouraging. Somebody like myself wants to work harder. Like I, like I want to make my coach proud of me, you know? Right, exactly. That mentality. Awesome. Yeah, man. Love it. Speaking of Maui, we came here bit. on Friday, had that had that yeah. crazy ride where we, we did live, we made it, but then we had a competition. The first time we've had competition in like a oh. year. But anyway, the Petala Mua, we did that. It's a little bit different with COVID. It wasn't necessarily a race, mm -hmm. but we're going to go ahead and claim the victory yeah. <laughs> because anytime you get... Anytime you get a few hundred people together and mm -hmm. they start at the same time, it's a race for the most part, right? Whether it be the rocket ride or yeah. the UCI World Championships. It's a, but the cool thing is we got that got the feeling of racing for about 10 minutes. Like mm -hmm. we, I haven't had that in a long time. And yeah. we went out there together and we rode um, like a team. And we ended up riding the whole loop together. It's the world famous West Maui loop. That was the course, 60 miles. But we've been yeah. having some good rides. Every, every ride's been epic. We have another epic one tomorrow. Uh, Haleakala goes from sea level to 10,000 feet. So it's a long climb. One thing about you is you're racing, you're focused. When you ride, you ride hard. But when you're in Hawaii, when you're ever out there, do you take a moment yep. to take in what's surrounding you, like the beauty and the vibe? Every second. You're riding with me. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah, we've been we've been just kind of letting the rides dictate. We you know we kind of have yep. a rough idea how how we're gonna ride. We just ride it's pretty hot, steady. Guys. Endurance riding is hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but, and then you have the elevation. Stay, yeah, but to stay on track, like today was the day where we're, all three of us did separate workouts. All three of us were doing actually intervals today, different intervals. And tomorrow we'll be back to riding steady, long epic ride, you know, stopping every once in a while, having lunch, taking yeah. some pictures. So for folks that are listening, if they want to see some of the photos and kind of hear a little bit more about what you're up to on this trip, what's your Instagram handle? At FountCycling. FountCycling.com. Perfect. In the Petal Mua, so this is the second year we've done it. Last year, it was definitely more of a racy feeling. This year, it was kind of like start on your own and then report your time. But mm. again, we started with a group and there are a couple people that wanted to race, you know, went ahead. And so we kind of got into race mode locked in, but then quickly <laughs> realized that they were a lot newer than what we thought at first. Right. And so making some mistakes and things, and I might've like maybe yelled at two of them. Ah, <laughs> you, uh, no, not you, Jennifer. It was, it took wasn't, his candy. It wasn't took on his candy. purpose. It was, it was, <laughs> well, one of them, candy? 
That's one cold. of them was <laughs> That's cold. we're in a pace line and you know like when there's a pace line and you're going pretty fast down the highway and you pull off and someone keeps pushing you in takes their turn for them and they sit on the back yeah. like i'll let that go a couple of times but when i'm on the front pulling like mm-hmm. all i want you to do is participate why would i want to sit here and do all your work and give you a free ride down the highway yeah like it's different if you're like 50 and you're like hey i'm just on for the ride if you're acting like you want to be part of the group and participate then i expect you to do work of course david was silent and didn't say anything this is a difference in our personalities (laughs) and they're probably like who's this chick that's yelling at me and i mean again like kind of learning afterwards they're very new and i didn't know that though and then the other part was just like going 35 miles an hour down the highway uh, with cars on the left and Somebody like pulls off and literally almost pushes me into the highway because they just weren't looking. And so, of course, I had to, ah, but it's like, you have to look. Looking back on those things, there's definitely moments I wish I could just keep my mouth shut. David always plays Mr. Cool. I'm just like so on alert. I'm in this mode and I just, (laughs) you know, I'm just like, what are you doing? Well, it's been bottled up for a a year or two. I mean, you haven't been able to race. (laughs) So it's like all this this energy and angst and it needs to be unleashed, right? Like what you see is what you get. Yeah. I love that about you though. Personally, I I love it. (laughs) Like I definitely react very quickly. Yeah. Well, and I I think their reaction was shock because they – they're not used to one seeing a girl yeah. going 35 miles an hour in the front group mm-hmm. yelling at you, <laughs> you know? So, so, so they, and then two is like, it's like that thing where it's like, Oh my God, I can't let a girl beat me, you know? And it, and beat by we're, a girl. We're, well, we're used to it because you know, yeah. all the fountain girls are really fast, you know? Fast. So, I love them. but, but they're not, they're not used to that at all. When you're in round eight, you know, and you're on the limit, it's a lot easier to, mm-hmm. like, just be like, bah, you know, versus, yeah. like, if we're all just drinking some coffee or something, like, sure. I'm not one that's going to yell at the waitress. No. It's just something about, or it's like, oh, yeah, they, when you, you have to you ride up. with these people that are so fast, you're always on the edge just trying yeah. to figure out your new edges. Like, how do I stay? And Anyway, that's something Welcome. I'm going to work on for next year is keeping well, my mouth shut a little bit longer. Pretty much describe how I feel, you know, when I ride with Fountain. It's like you're just trying to hang on, man. It's a, it's a whole different yeah. rhythm, a whole different level, intensity. You obviously don't ride as fast as you guys, but definitely faster than I normally would when I'm riding with Mount. Mm-hmm. When you ride with people faster and stronger, guess what happens? You get faster and stronger. just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true.
don't really need a whole lot for Christmas this year. I just want all your clothes, want to make the most of you being near. Nothing Santa brings could ever do it for me, cause he can't fit your love underneath the tree. If I could wrap you up, I would, but not in paper. I'd wrap my arms around you like your earth and I'm the equator. And you could sing carols, even sing them off key. I'd still sing with you, I'd still find a harmony. Oh, I could put the Mary in your Christmas this season, yeah. I could be your girl, your love, your reason to have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Happy golden days of yore. Friends of ours who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together if the fates allow. Hang a shining star above the highest mountain. Have yourself a very merry Christmas this year. Merry Christmas. I, I've never seen Rocket get mad, except one thing will make him mad, though, and I've seen it. He what? Say it. He hates a sloppy <laughs> pace line. There you go. <laughs> That's the one thing. If you want to see Dave get pissed, keep it tight. Get with it. You know, tidy, tight and tidy. Think about in the army if you were out of sync in the like line. Like you would be doing millions of push-ups. Everybody's doing pushups back to that. And nobody nobody comes over to you and says, "Um, excuse me, Greg, I'd like to talk to you. You're doing a good job, but I'd like to talk to you about this. Like, no, you don't have time for that bullshit. (laughs) You just say, get in order, Ross. Get in order. Like, if you could, like, get behind this wheel and stay here, that would be really cool. (laughs) Could you do that? (laughs) But now we're all dropped because I just had that long conversation with you. (laughs) What you teach the philosophy is... It's like, yes, there's us as the individual in the context of a group setting. What I do impacts an entire group. And that's life, man. And that's, that's the one thing that we have to bring into every area of our life. Because we walk through life thinking, well, I, I, it's me, me, me. I can do what I want. And I have my rights and all that. And I get all that. And we, and we do. But the one thing that is true is that what we do in life, does have an impact on another human being. You, you throw a pebble into the water, it, it alters everything. So mm-hmm. that's what I love about cycling. That's what I love about what you teach is that, that yes, there's our individual goals, but it, it's in the context of making sure that we take care of each other. And man, if we did that out in life, in every area of our life, we wouldn't have the mess that we have today. Yeah. And I know I'm sounding like I'm preaching I, right now, but um, that's, no, no. I feel strongly about that. I, I would say... The fact is, is the people on this club, the hearts are bigger than their talent and athletic ability. And that's saying a lot, man. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's how it occurs to me anyway. And that's why I love uh, being part of it. And that's why I love sharing uh, about it. Because it's, it's more than just uh, a cycling club. And it's more than just a physical activity. 
And that's why we do this podcast. Speaking of podcasts, we have a great guest uh, on today. Rock, I'm going to let you and Jennifer talk to her. Her name's Chelsea Larson. Mm -hmm. She's the new GM at Rafa. And she's doing some great things, and she's going to talk about some things they have coming up and a special announcement, which I will let you guys handle that. I'm going to add her to the call right now. Hello? Chelsea, how you doing? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you? Uh, we are so glad to have you on the call. And uh, it was great riding with you a few weeks ago and talking about Rafa. And we have Jennifer and Rocket here, like I said. And they want to chat with you because we have a, some special things to talk about. But before we get into that, I just want to just kind of talk to you about your role at Rafa in Seattle and Rafa's role in the Seattle cycling community. You know, I'm, I'm still fairly new to Rafa. I joined them in the middle of this pandemic at the Seattle Clubhouse back in it's going to be what six months ago now, so mm -hmm. end of June. So it's been an interesting time to be onboarding with with Rafa, but it's been fun. Yeah, an interesting time to say the least. I mean, being in a retail entity during COVID nineteen, and then there was a lot some things going up in uh, Seattle over the summer, some protests, and I know that was impactful to Rafa as well. How long have you been with Rafa? Uh, it'll be six months. Rafa in Seattle. What is it that you think? unique that Rafa brings to the Seattle cycling community and global community as a whole? Well, I mean, for those who don't know, Rafa is a cycling apparel brand. And, you know, there's a lot of brands out there that make cycling apparel. But one, one of the things that I think Rafa does differently, you know, is providing a clubhouse space. Um, we have six clubhouses across North America and 21 nationwide. And that really gives us a platform, not just to be a retail store and, and sell Rafa apparel, but also to, you know, be that sense of community and be that starting point, midpoint, end point in your ride where you can grab a coffee, where you can meet other riders and, you know, help, help promote cycling within, within the community. And I think that's one thing that Rafa as a cycling apparel company does different than a lot of other companies. So it's kind of a unique unique thing and they do have a club which i belong to and you get perks through the club and then also you can participate in some special events and we'll talk about that in a minute one of the things i love is if i wanted to go let's say down to southern california i could go down there to a clubhouse and i could actually rent a bike down there without having to take my bike and i could ride with the club while i'm in los angeles or san francisco or wherever there is a clubhouse yeah, we have a clubhouse in Santa Monica. Brett's the manager there, and he's awesome. And um, yeah, as a member, we have uh, one of the benefits is you can hire out a bike. And we've partnered with Canyon, and they've supplied us with a fleet of bikes that you can make a reservation for and go to San Francisco or go to Santa Monica and, and use one of those bikes. And yeah, because there's also the clubhouse, you have that, and then you can join in on the weekly rides that they have. Well, one thing I love about Rafa and Rafa members, they can participate in some really cool events. There's global events, there's virtual events, but one particular event that's coming up, it's a, it's been a great tradition is the Rafa festive 500. Yeah. The festive. So essentially it's 
kind of a challenge out there and anyone can participate in it. You don't have to be a member. We have some extra special things if you're a member, but you can participate and it's across eight days. So from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve, the challenge is to ride 500 kilometers. The real challenge is the fact that it's in those winter conditions and in those conditions in the off season where a lot of people put their bikes up. It's that challenge to keep people riding all year round. So again, what are the dates? Uh, it's Christmas Eve through New Year's Eve. Now, can one do this virtually? Like, can they do it on their trainer? Can they do it a combination of on their trainer outside? Yeah, so traditionally, it's only been outside miles that count. Okay. But, um, you know, given the conditions that we're in this year with COVID and a lot of people, um, this is the first year that we're doing um, virtual miles that are counted towards the festive. Um, so you can sign up on, on Strava and also on Zwift. So. Any miles that you ride in that period would be counted toward the Festa 500 if you've signed up, correct? Correct. Great. Now, the one thing you said kilometers, that translates into approximately 300 plus miles? Yeah, yes. Not that much. That's great. <laughs> well, depends now, on, I guess, depends on how, how you ride, but yeah. Well, yeah, and, and how much you climb. And, and then also, you know, if you decided to do how many of those miles you decided to do in, in a, a certain period. Hey, <laughs> Je Jennifer and Rocket, you guys going to do the Festa 500 this year? Does it does my time here in Maui count? No. Uh, no, you haven't. <laughs> no, no. Given the dates again, you weren't listening, Rock. I, I heard, I heard. I was, oh, I, was okay. to, I, was, I was hoping, I was hinting at Jennifer we should stay here until Christmas. <laughs> well, okay, I, I can't. I don't know how many days we're going to do it in but yes we're planning on it we've already we're definitely started talking yeah. about it with our club and everything i yeah. think like for me of course my first instinct is like 24 hours and then i'm like i have a 17 month old baby i don't want to do that yeah. i want to see him and so <laughs> like, so we have to think says, yeah. we have to think like a, a parent sometimes yeah, yeah. So. And, well i'm i'm i think that it's kind of cool too i'm sort of the route master so yeah you are. i i think i think we're gonna do it like in a weekend like do two big rides mm. um back to back and instead of just one big one we're just do a big loop come home and sleep and then do it again yeah. wow that's crazy well speaking of fount and rafa we got a special announcement now i understand mm -hmm. That uh, we were we were told by Jennifer that there's a special partnership that's going to be happening between Rafa and Fount, and I'll let Jennifer and Chelsea talk about that. I think Chelsea swiped right for us. Is that right? Is that, <laughs> is that the... so? I mean, because I feel like our partnerships are relationships, and so I'll let Chelsea start. Why did you swipe right, Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just makes sense. Um, you know, when, when we think about everything we've talked about before, about what my image of Rafa is, um, you know, here in Seattle um, and being that that networking place for people to come in, you know, Fount's got your, your great racing team and you already have a great group of members and, you know, partnering up to keep people riding and keep people on bikes, give a space for people to come together and ride, you know, it just made sense. Yeah, I think we have a, a lot of things in common as, you know, as businesses and, you know, the common thread is community and everything, the timing was just right. I think too, that's why it happened. But I think there's a lot of things that Fount can provide for Rafa that maybe Rafa is not the strongest at. And then the other way around as well. Like there's a lot of things that Rafa can do for us that we're not very strong at. And, and together, I mean, we both become stronger. Well, and I think the mission, Rafa mission statement is to make cycling the most popular sport. In the that's, I mean, and that's the goal. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, thinking what I know about Rafa is that it did start out as a more racing club and their mission to get more people on the bike, like has led it to more like social endeavors, which Mm -hmm. I think are also great. I think then partnering in Seattle with one of the best racing teams in the Pacific Northwest for like our, you know, custom clothing and our inline clothing and a clubhouse for us to use and, you know, rides and other things to help support Rafa events and and whatnot. I just think it adds in another option for current Rafa members or people seeking a fast ride or more competitive environment. I think what I knew about Rafa before even partnering about it, because I will say that I, I am a little bit like in a bubble sometimes when it comes to cycling things. Like I've always just been focused on the workouts. I never got into cycling because I was a huge steel frame person or, you know, have to have, have a set of Pinarellos or, you know, it's always just more like, all right, what bike is there or whatever. But the one thing I always knew about Rafa was if you, like you were saying, if you needed a bike, like a good racing bike or a good bike and you went into town, you could always go into Rafa and that they did events. And so I think for us, like being able to bring in that option for these people who come into town, like with a really good ride, I want to ride 20 plus miles an hour. Doing that by yourself is kind of sucks, but doing that with a group of five people, the ride just got cut in half, like a third, you know, mm-hmm. like faster because of drafting and group dynamics. And then, yeah. Just exploring the roads in Seattle, like like you said, David's the route route master. Like he comes up with these rides that you don't even feel like you're in the city in anymore, yeah. even though you're very close to the city. And so, for me, like that was what originally was like. Okay, let's let's explore this option with Rafa, and then I guess I could get into what actually sealed the deal. Rocket, I told you this when we were doing a console. I go, you know, I ride with Rafa, I train with Fount. And, mm-hmm. you know, Fount I look at as a racing team, but I also look at Fount as a club and, and a, a training program. And that's what mm-hmm. I see that can really benefit folks at Rafa. You get to a point where you ride and you ride hard and you do events, but it's like, well, what's next? How do I level up? Fount. Well, yeah. totally, Greg. I, I would agree with that 100%. And that's where I think this makes sense. Like for the community is like, the partnership with Rafa and found of like those RCC members, those Rafa cycling club members who, you know, have been around, who are strong riders, who are thinking that exact same thing that you said, what's next, you know? And it's like a natural transition to be able to have a spot to make those connections with found to, to find out what's next. And so if you want to go and improve your climbing and power, you go out and you can train with Fount on a Monday night or, or you want to work on your sprinting, you can go out on a Tuesday night, work on your hits. There's some structure there. And there's also a group of people that will support you. You know, when I go out and train with a group, that energy and, and knowing that I'm riding with people that are faster and stronger than me really brings out the best in me. And that's what I kind of see Fount doing for folks that are at Rafa that want, like I said, level up. I think I was just thinking like, you know, Fount's only two years old. Mm-hmm. And I think when we first started, you know, we're still kind of figuring out how is this club going to evolve? I mean, we knew that we wanted to like have a community where you could train together and you could get better together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like over the last couple of years, like the club's grown to, you know, 80 plus members. But the point is, is like at first, you know, when we first started is like, is Rafa a competitor? 
And it's like, well, I mean, but then as we evolve, it's like, no, it's just another cycling community. And I think yeah. like kind of looking at it now, like you're saying, like for us, as we evolved, we're like, okay, you know what? We need some really good race stuff. And I was going to say like, what, what, like, and we had dabbled in, okay, maybe we could create our own brand and maybe we could do that. But like that stuff is a lot of work and it's not really in our wheelhouse. So I feel yeah. like yeah. Rafa's established things that are already like great. And it's like, why try to reinvent the wheel when they already do it so good. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the theme is here. Like, even with Rafa, like, why, like, create our own Seattle race club, you know, workout training program when we could just leverage what's already in the local community? Yeah. And I think that that's how we feel about Rafa's, like, there's already a great clubhouse. We've already have really good friends that work there or run yeah. there. And then Chelsea just, like, wined and dined us and made us <laughs> feel special. Chelsea made it right away obvious that, yeah. you know, she was going to, she's, really great with customers and she runs the club really well and that she was going to do all of those details, you know, to earn us as like a partner, but to also take care of everybody who comes into Rafa, whether you're on Fount or not. And so for us, it just seemed like a really natural fit. Uh, It is a natural fit. And, And, you know, one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is because, you know, cycling, there's so much to it, right? I mean, to me, what, what, what's interesting is, yes, there's cycling as a sport. There's cycling as an activity. And then there's cycling as an art form and a lifestyle. I kind of see Rafa as cycling as an art form and cycling as a lifestyle. And combine that with what Founts up to, it makes for a really comprehensive, rich experience for anybody that wants to participate. It does. No, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, Greg, like that's like having our experience in say the performance part, part of it mm-hmm. is the perfect match with Rafa's exposure yeah. globally to cyclists. Like a lot of people that say move from the East coast to Seattle, it takes them a while to find found, you know, it might take them a year to like figure it out. Maybe they'll see us at a race or something. Yeah, the first thing I would do if I moved to a town that had a Rafa club was I'd go to the Rafa club. So that it makes it a lot better for us too because we're going to be um, exposed to these um, new clients earlier. More of an organic approach, meeting riders out on the road or in a bike shop or somewhere and just chatting it up and letting them be in discovery and find out for themselves what it's about. Yeah, we, I mean, we vet our partners very, you know, carefully. We don't have a lot of partners, you know, we, we only have three partners, you know, and we choose them very carefully and, and changing partners is really, that's a big deal to us. So with Rafa is like, when we thought about, you know, clothing, there was only a handful of uh, manufacturers that even popped into our heads. Rafa popped into our heads and then it's like, okay, well, let's, let's revisit this. You know, we talked to, you know, Brandon several years ago, you know, about it right off the bat and. The timing wasn't right, but now, you know, we revisited that. And then, you know, we met Chelsea and she, like Jennifer said, she nailed it with us. She wined us and dined us, even had our favorite wine wine ready for us. You know, it's pretty cool. To me, like Jennifer said, it's just something that, you know, when, when I, I understand you guys are choosing your partners wisely and I think it just makes sense. So, yeah. But, you know, one of the big reasons how we choose partners is the relationship, you know, and that's, she nailed it right away. And then, you know, we we're doing this trip to Maui, so we have a lot of riding time. So it's a perfect time to actually, you know, test the clothes, like literally try them out and see how they are, you know, five hours in. But playing off what David said, but like, I, I saw Chelsea treated us like this, but we also like, 
saw she treated all the customers like that. And for like go to somewhere that's like snobby or doesn't work yeah. for everybody. And I think like that general attitude of caring about your customers and giving them what they need and adapting your style to what, what works for them, like, you know, represents what the Seattle Rafa clubhouse is like. And so that made a space for us that we were like proud to send our members there and weren't, weren't worried that they were going to get some weird experience and, or like, you know, going to the clubhouse, meeting to the clubhouse, meeting new rides, meeting new members. Like, so all of that was like super important, not just the way that she treated me and David, but mm -hmm. like everybody. And yeah. like we said, we know some people that have worked there or been there for a while and, like, so it just, it just felt, it just felt like a good space to be. And I'm happy to continue to grow the, you know, Seattle cycling community by yeah. adding a different element. I mean, I love it whenever you can bridge gaps in the community like that. And, and I love Rafa. I've been a club member um, for a couple of years now, as well as Fount. Obviously, different things from Rafa. Fount, you know, gives me something different than, than Rafa does. But what I love about Rafa is as an artist, as a visual artist myself, I, I love the work that you do. I love the stories. It seems like the, that the owners really get what cycling's about. And cycling is not, is not just one thing, as we, we talked about earlier. It's so many different things. And I think it's great to be able to bring what it is that Fount does and what Rafa does together. Uh, I mean, personally, a, as a customer, quote-unquote, of both, this excites me a lot, and and I'm also excited to invest in some more Rafa gear once uh, the weather gets really warm, for sure. Yeah, well, we'll have it for you, Greg. Jennifer and David and I were originally talking, having some wining and dining and trying on kit. You know, we, we talked about what Rafa and Fount really mean yeah. um, for the community, and for, for Rafa this year, it's kind of been unprecedented. I mean, cycling industry in general, um, with how many new cyclists there are out it's there. A, we can't keep track. <laughs> we can't, we're just like quadruple our buying and still sold out. And we're like looking around like, what is going on? You know, so I, I think it's the silver linings, you yeah. know, of, of this pandemic is that people are getting out and active, people who normally wouldn't have and yep. being introduced to cycling. So that inclusiveness of Rafa is something that myself and my team were, were pretty passionate about, but where it makes sense in the identity of Rafa of, okay, making cycling the most popular sport in the world, but knowing where our roots lie, which is yeah. in racing, in road racing, that's very much embedded into the culture. And so the timing, of course, it all comes down to timing with that timing of, you know, meeting, meeting with Fount and being able to not lose those avid cyclists and those people who are looking for what ne looking for what's next and still being able to accommodate those new riders and just kind of being that in between spot for everyone. It, it's been great. Yeah. Thinking about the inclusiveness and Chelsea came to one of our, like our mini rides. I don't know. I think there was like four or five people there, like 6am. I applaud her for that. <laughs> um, getting up for that, but yeah. like creating, creating a culture too, where there's, really fast women to go ride with women and men, you know, and not just like social rides. And I think that was one of the things that we had talked about was, mm -hmm. you know, as the sport grows and people like you, like you said, graduate to the next level, like being able to ride with a team where the women keep up with the men, yeah. you know, and challenge the men. And it's not just a separate group or club. It's like inclusive of all, yeah. all genders and all speeds and, you know, everything else. And so I thought that was, that was to me also super attractive that Chelsea was interested in exploring that as well.
Well, you know, I'm the only female general manager as, you know, a feminist myself and knowing, you know, Jennifer's mindset about women cyclists and, and, and how, like you just said, you know, it's riding together. People are people. Um, and, and making it all inclusive that way is very attractive. And so it's exciting to be aligned, you know, as a female manager Mm -hmm. with this team who has that, you know, Jennifer as, as one of the founders. To ride a bike properly, you, you have to have balance, correct? So yes. yin and yang is really important. And I think when you have a group of people, females, males together, working together, you create this balance that wouldn't exist if you didn't have that. Bunch of yin-yangs. Yeah, yin-yangs. Bunch of yin-yangs. <laughs> Y'all bu- Come on, you yin-yangs. Hammer harder. <laughs> Chelsea, um, I want to thank you for coming on. I'll definitely be up at Rafa uh, sometime when I get out and ride, pop in and get a cappuccino or espresso and check out some of the gear that I'm going to be buying in 2021. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe earlier. I, I'm set on winter gear for right now, as Jennifer knows. <laughs> but shoot her uh, an email, Seattle at Rafa.cc. That's right. So those of you listening, if you want to know what Rafa's all about, and you want to sign up for events, you want to join the club, you go to www.rafa.cc. That's www.rafa.cc. And, of course, uh, Fount... www.fountcycling.com. That's www.fountcycling.com. Cool. Yes. Um, Chelsea, thanks again. Okay. Thanks, Chelsea. See you soon. Yeah, thank you. See you soon. Bye. Jennifer, the partnership you have with Rafa, they're separate entities, but you guys are going to be partnering together on certain things, right? Yeah, yeah. We're using Rafa for our clothing line, and we're going to start hosting some rides from their clubhouse. And then, you know, um, jumping on some of their events to help host in the Seattle area. And really just trying to provide a place for, and really just helping to build the Seattle cycling community, you know. Rocket and Jennifer, it was so great to be able to do this from Hawaii and hear about your adventures. And folks, if you want to, those of you listening, you want to see what they're up to, go to their Instagram page. We'll have it posted on the website. And you can kind of see some of the visual beauty that they've gotten to experience over the course of the last week or so. And again, if you're interested in wanting to know more about Fount, www.fountcycling.com. www.fountcycling.com. Well, I am sure that Wolfie is going to be really excited to see you when you come back, and I know that you'll be excited to see him. That's got to be kind of hard, huh? Oh, oh, that's the I didn't part. realize how terrible it is. Oh. I was told David, never going on this long a vacation without him. Oh. And so it's our first time being away from him this long. Yeah. And it's only been like five days. So, yeah. But I will say we've gotten the most sleep that we've ever gotten <laughs> in the last year. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> we're banking it. We didn't realize how sleep deprived we are. So, yeah. watch out. Oh watch out. Yeah. We're coming home rested. Oh, man. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys, first of all, have a, have a safe trip. And, uh, you know, get more rest on the plane because <laughs> you probably will when you get home. <laughs> and That's right. uh, we'll see you out on the road. And if I don't see you before then, um, well, hopefully we'll see you, you know, if we do the Festa 500, if we are doing it as a group or at least part of it as a group, then I'll see you then. And if not, you guys have a Merry Christmas. 
Thanks, thank Greg. You. you do the same. Yeah, and I want to thank you for everything that you've given me through Fount. And again, Dave, I tell you this all the time, ad nauseum. But both of you, Jennifer yeah. and Rocket, have made a, a real positive difference in my life. And not just my life, but others. And so what I try to do is go out and do the same. So if I make a difference in somebody's life, you've made that difference because you've made that difference for me. And so on and so on and scooby-dooby-dooby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Have a great night. Be safe. God bless. Thanks. Talk soon. Thanks, G-Man. You got it, man. See you when you're back in town, Rocket. All right. Bye. Well, that wraps up episode number three. It was great chatting with uh, Rocket and Jennifer while they were in Hawaii and you know very jealous on this end because as you know if you live in Seattle uh, it's dark and rainy right now so Hawaii sounds real good but it is great to live vicariously through Rocket and Jennifer and we look forward to seeing them when they get back into town and I look forward to having Rocket back in the studio because we've got some great stuff planned for 2021 we just launched We Ride Y Radio it is in conjunction with the film that we're going to be releasing in 2022. And if you want to know more about it, go to WeRideWhy.com. We hope you've enjoyed the episode so far, and we're excited to bring you some more great stuff in 2021. I want to thank uh, Jennifer and Rocket for being on the call, and Chelsea from Rafa. And we're really excited uh, for the partnership with them as a Fount team and club member I'm very excited uh, about this partnership and excited to see what 2021 holds. But most of all, Rocket and I want to thank you for listening. Because without you, we're just two guys sitting in a room talking to ourselves. And it's fun, but it's a lot more fun with you. Because it's the holidays, I'm going to leave you with a very special Christmas song from one of my favorite artists, Deep Sea Diver. It's Christmas time. So until next time, Peace, love, music, art, cycling, and transformation. Merry Christmas. This is We Ride Y Radio. All my friends are waiting with the candle by my feet. They bring me so much comfort because I fall fast asleep.